Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is April 13th, 2020. In a uniquely repetitive era for all of us, Saturday marked a first for my wife, Sari, and I. Armed with a sharp pair of scissors and with a manic gleam in her eye, she attacked the task of cutting my hair. I do admit to being moderately nervous, but only moderately. After all, she wasn't taking a blade to any vital organ. In addition, my alternative, which is letting my hair grow until I resembled Ben Franklin, wasn't very appealing. Finally, a haircut isn't forever. In due course, no matter how much damage she inadvertently inflicted, my hair would grow back. Similar constellations appear to be supporting the stock market today. At its worst, on March 23rd, the S&P 500 was down 34% from its February 19th high. However, since then it's rallied strongly and by Thursday was down just 18% from its peak. Now, of course, 18% is still a big loss, but given that the global economy is essentially ground to a halt due to COVID-19, it may seem surprising that it's not more. There are, however, some logical reasons for the stock market not to overreact. First, while the sectors most impacted are a huge part of the US economy, they're less vital to the stock market. Second, with Treasury yields at historically low levels and corporate bonds threatened by a recession, there are few appealing alternatives to stocks. Finally, a recession, like a haircut, isn't forever. Even in a worst-case scenario in which an economic rebound has to wait the distribution of a safe and effective vaccine, 2021 should be the first year of a strong recovery in both economic growth and corporate earnings. Looking at these issues in more detail, the entertainment, leisure and hospitality sectors have been almost entirely shut down, as has retailing outside of food, liquor and drug stores. In addition, a multitude of business and consumer services have ground to a halt, while auto sales, construction and parts of manufacturing are also feeling the pain. Energy production is also falling sharply in reaction to a collapse in global oil prices. Some of this will be apparent in the March retail sales report, due out on Wednesday, and should be more obvious in the April jobs report, due out on May 8th. All told, these sectors account for roughly 45% of U.S. payroll jobs. However, the social distancing recession should have less impact on stocks. Taken together, the most affected sectors, which include industrials, materials, real estate, energy, and consumer discretionary, excluding online retailing, account for just 22% of the capitalized value of the S&P 500. The other 78% of market cap comes from tech, financials, healthcare, utilities, communications, consumer staples, and internet retailing, all of which should be less impacted by the downturn. Second, partly because of the global recession and partly because of a very dramatic central bank response, both short-term and long-term interest rates have fallen to historically low levels, making prospective long-term bond returns distinctly unappealing. As of Thursday, the yield in a 10-year Treasury bond was just 0.73%. To put this in perspective, the S&P 500 is now down 18% from its peak of almost two months ago and has a dividend yield of over 2%. If it took a full 10 years from today for the market to get back to that peak and the dividend yield on stocks averaged 2% over that period, the average annual total return in the S&P 500 would be 4% per year over that period, more than five times the return in a 10-year Treasury. Elsewhere in fixed income, 
Even after falling in reaction to the Fed's announcement of new lending programs, the yields on corporate debt are more generous. However, there are clear risks for many issuers if the recession is prolonged. Municipal yields have also fallen in response to Fed announcements and additional federal aid to state and local governments. While this support of the municipal bond market is welcome from a macroeconomic perspective, it leaves yields at generally unattractive levels for long-term investors. In short, stocks look a lot more attractive when compared to the alternatives available in fixed income. Finally, there's a simple issue of time. This week, the earnings season gets into full swing, with 40 S&P 500 companies due to report. Currently, according to data compiled by FactSet, analysts are projecting an 8.5% fall in earnings in 2020 compared to 2019, which would, on the face of it, be a rather modest decline given this massive economic disruption. It's quite likely the outcome will be worse than this, since some of these analysts' expectations may be stale. However, however, even if 2020 earnings were much worse than currently expected, investors need to appreciate just how much stock prices depend on long-term earnings. To put it simply, the only thing that makes a stock valuable is earnings, money that can, over time, be distributed to shareholders through dividends, stock buybacks, or capital gains. The S&P 500 currently carries a P.E. ratio of a little over 17 times this year's expected operating earnings per share. But if the index sells at 17 times this year's earnings, then this year's earnings account for just one-seventeenth of its value. Assuming a positive discount rate, next year's earnings would normally account for a little less than one-seventeenth of its value. All the rest of its value, that is to say more than 88% of its value, doesn't depend on the next two years of earnings. It depends on earnings beyond that point. As a highly simplistic example, if COVID-19 were to wipe out S&P 500 earnings entirely in both 2020 and 2021, but leave earnings beyond that point untouched, it would still justify a little less than a 12% decline in the value of the index. Back in the real world, we know that most, under most COVID-19 scenarios, 2020 will be the year of the virus and 2021 will be the first year of recovery. However, provided the economy and earnings stage a strong recovery during 2021, corporate earnings in 2022 should be able to return to levels seen last year. This supports the idea that the stock market's sharp correction over the past few weeks is a more appropriate reaction to recession than the two near 50% declines seen in the first decade of this century. There are, of course, still plenty of risks. Over the next few weeks, it is likely that an attempt will be made to reopen some parts of the economy. If this leads to a sharp reacceleration in COVID-19 cases, there may be renewed shutdowns, which will be very dispiriting to the public and likely to the stock market. Alternatively, if things go better than expected on the medical front, massive fiscal stimulus could ultimately lead to higher inflation and interest rates posing a different threat to equities, or political change could eventually lead to higher corporate taxes, which would also damage the stock market. These and other risks remain. However, in a world full of uncertainty, investors should take some comfort that the behaviour of the stock market in recent weeks seems like a relatively logical response to a problem which is far greater for health, our way of living, and for the economy, than for the long-term value of equities. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. If you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your JP Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only, and as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information.
and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.